Welcome to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm in the studio today with my friend, Emily Jaminette. Hey, Emily. Hello. I'm so excited. We're back for another episode of Inspire the Faith. This is so awesome to be here and to be able to have, um, we have a great topic today, a topic that is very near and dear to both of our hearts, because we're going to be talking today about self-care and women's health from a Catholic perspective. And as a nurse and Emily's background in mental health, we know that this is something that women really um, need to hear more about and to act upon. So we are very delighted to have a wonderful physician on the phone with us today. We're going to bring in in a little bit, Dr. Ann Valeri White, and we'll be talking, diving deep, deep into this, this topic. But the reason, you know, we, we dug this out of our, our archives in the Catholic Women's Conference uh, talks, we had a spring breakfast in 2012 with Dr. Michael Parker, and he gave a talk called, Can I Be As Holy As I Want If I'm Not Holy Me? And this has been really a transformational talk for me. I know I saved it on my iTunes and I listen to it every single year um, because I need reminded of all these things he, he talked about. But, you know, we really know as women, right, Emily, that our role has changed in society over the past, you know, 30, 40 years. And we live in an ultra busy culture. Um, women are not only raising their families, they're oftentimes playing a financial role in helping their family. The demands on our life are very high, and we often sacrifice care of our own body, mind, and soul to our detriment. Do you remember that talk, Emily? You know what? When you brought up this talk, it definitely um, brought back the memory of sitting there, of what even the emotions I went through when I heard Dr. Parker talk about self-care, you know, because at the time I was, I had young children and I thought, oh, you know, that must be for somebody else. But the truth is it's not. It's for each one of us. And this topic um, is one in which it's not about vanity. A lot of times as Catholic women are, you know, doing some of our ministry work, talking to other women, we realize that this is not an important topic that's just for the elective or, you know, that, that oh, you know, I'm down the road. But this is really for the here, for the now. And, and I even struggle with this idea of self-care. You have, um, I was telling Michelle on fr- Saturday that I realized I hadn't been to the eye doctor since 2011. Like the eye doctor was like, where have you been? And I started thinking about my journey, but I got new glasses. I got a new subscri- prescription and I realized I do need to go, you know, I, I'm good with the kids getting to their appointments, but I'm not always good with myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people think that self-care can be selfish, but really that's not what we learn from the church and from our, our Catholic faith. And in fact, I'm reading this fantastic book by a Catholic counselor, a Julie Marie Hogan, called It's Okay to Start With You. And she said, self-care is far from selfish or ineffective. In fact, it's the opposite. Self-care means recognizing and acting on the truth that in order to be at your best, you must take good care of yourself. Self-care is not the treat yourself mentality. It's often described to be self-care is discipline. So it's important that we know that we're when we are nourishing ourselves and taking care of our body, mind, and soul, that frees us to be the best self that we can be, whether it's a parent, a spouse, a friend. Like when we have that taking care of ourselves, then we can take care of others. But when we're neglecting our own health, our own spiritual care, our own mental care, that we are going not going to be able to do what God's called us to do. You know, there's such a great tie-in to a recent reflection by Father Burke Masters, which he talked about this in, in light of our faith. He said, Jesus invited his followers, followers to a desert place to rest a while. He was trying to teach them about living a balanced life, 
We cannot work and do ministry 24 hours a day. We need time to pray and rest so that we can be ready to do the Lord's will. He said, I try to make prayer and exercise a key part of every day. These two things keep me balanced and give me the grace, energy, and peace that I need to be the Lord's instrument. May our lives be in continual sacrifice of praise to the Lord. So, I mean, that quote was so perfect for where we are when we're talking about this idea of the importance of self-care, because we need to step away from what we're doing, even if it's really good things like ministry work or writing books or running conferences or working and caring for the children and, and have some time for reflection, prayer, and even exercise. Yeah, and it's hard. You know, I, I'm not. we don't do that topic because we're perf- perfect at it. You know, there's uh, many times that I've let my health and my well-being and it might go three months with I, without exercising. Or, you know, you told the story about your, you know, not seeing the eye doctor. You know, I went to make my physical appointment and I called to make an appointment. And, you know, I knew my doctor had retired. So I, you know, said, can I see one of his partners? And I said, well, by the way, you know, when did, when did the doctor retire? And they said, five years ago. And I was like, wow, I haven't seen my family practice doctor in five years. And it's such an important thing to have just those your month, your yearly physicals, you know, you're seeing your OBGYN as a, as a woman, you know, getting your mammogram um, and then doing the same things with your spiritual life and your mental life, you know, doing a mental health check in with a, with a counselor. Like there's so many things that it's important for us to take care of. And like you said, it's easy. You make sure the kids go. You might ch- make sure your husband goes. But are you taking care of yourself? And when you let that that slide, then it's really hard to to when you're exhausted when you're, you know, if you're spiritually lacking, you fall into sin. If you're emotionally lacking, you know, you're agitated. You know, if you're mentally la- lacking, you can be, you know, anxious. And if you're physically lacking, you're going to be sluggish, tired, overweight, and agitated. So nobody wants to be around somebody like that, right? So this is important that we are taking care of ourselves to make ourselves happy, healthy, and holy. Oh, I, I think you said it perfectly, and I think it ties into no matter how old you are, because I think you can start to think it that, you know, young people run and, you know, it's it's like, I'm too old to do this, but I, I can really see how the older we get, no matter what age you are, that this balance is where the Lord's really, you know, calling us to to step out and to seek it. Yeah, absolutely. So you are listening to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, and we're discussing the topic today of self-care and women's health from a Catholic perspective. And we are so honored to bring on Dr. Ann Valeri White, who is a 2005 graduate of the Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. She is a family medicine doctor at SUMA Health in Akron, Ohio, and she is a, holds a position as associate director of the Family Medicine Residency Program. Um, she mentors students. She is a, the co-founder of a brand new, amazing women's doxology health and for, fertility uh, medical practice in Northeast Ohio, and she, where she focuses on restorative re- reproductive care, women's health, obstetrics, family medicine, and behavioral, fe- behavioral health. And Dr. Valeri is passionate about fertility awareness, breastfeeding management, newborn care, low-risk obstetrics, osteopathic manipulative therapy, physical burnout, teaching family medicine, and the intersection of faith and medicine. So we are honored to have Dr. Ann with us today, who is also married with four beautiful daughters and is uh, very also involved in women's ministry. 
Welcome, Anne, to the show. Thank you so much for joining us and lending us your expertise in this wonderful area. So please share with us. How did we do with your bio, first off? Do we do okay? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, talk to us. You know, you see women patients all the time. Talk to us about how they need to be taking care of their bodies. So it is the most important thing on earth to remember that you only get one body. And God designed your body to do so many amazing things that we have to think about as we care for our body. So not only do, does your body house your soul, but it, also, it is also designed to carry forward the human race and provide for your family and do works of mercy and carry out all these biologic processes to keep itself running until we're called home from this life. So we are obligated to care for our body so that we can fulfill our vocation, just like you were talking about before. The body has this amazing capacity to repair and defend itself. But it's important to note that the same mechanisms that help us to adapt to our surroundings can malfunction. Now, this is not because God made a mistake. God does not make mistakes. So this malfunctioning is not a design flaw. It's actually the flexibility of our genetic code. But what it does is it cracks under extreme external pressures. So our job is to make those external pressures less extreme by self-care. I'm going to give you an example. So if I consume nothing but a root beer float every single day, and then I decide I'm going to do two root beer floats a day, and then all of a sudden that's all I'm consuming, I'll be okay for a while. My body knows how to handle sugar. But eventually I will overwork my pancreas and develop diabetes because I overwhelm my body's ability to self-regulate. So all this to say we need to treat our bodies like the gifts that God has given us. And we often struggle with self-care because we confuse it with self-centeredness. And truly, this isn't the case. So Emily referred to Jesus taking time for himself in the Gospels, where he retreated to the desert to fast and pray. And he also tells us to love our neighbor as ourself. But that demands that you actually love yourself. So we all know how to care for our bodies, but it's difficult to put that action behind the intention. So The biggest thing is to start somewhere, and you can start anywhere. I don't care. You don't have to run a marathon on day one. You know, the first step could be stepping on the scale or just taking one walk, Um, tracking one thing about your health daily and know your goals. So pay attention to things like hydration, hours of sleep, number of steps, watch your menstrual cycle, your calorie intake, and your mood, and then try to notice the relationship between these things and how you feel physically. The one thing that we tend to do is we ignore troubling symptoms. And if you haven't gotten them checked out by a doctor, uh, I know it's scary, but the earlier we can find and treat the problem, the better off we're going to be. So one of the things that I see is that it seems like doctors are getting a bad reputation in some circles. If you haven't been to the doctor for a while, I'm sure he or she would love to see you. We want to be partners on your journey to health. So I train doctors for a living, and I have yet to meet a truly nefarious one. We're not bad people. So come see us because we want to work with you to make things better. I think we feel guilty, right? We sometimes like, well, I haven't been, and I know they're going to make me get on the scale, right? Like, we don't want to (laughs) go. But you need to know what you're managing. So you need to know your metrics. And... The other thing that I hear about is people are hesitant to come see the doctor because they have spiritual beliefs that inform their health care. 
So if your faith informs your approach to healthcare in any way, have an honest, honest conversation about it with your doctor. So make it a teachable moment, not a contentious one. The Holy Spirit sent you to witness to your doctor just as much as he sent that doctor to heal you. So this is fertile ground for having good discussions about your goals for fertility, your goals for your overall health, what you are okay doing spiritually and what you're not okay doing spiritually. That's such a great point. I'm really glad that you touched on that. And I liked how you just said, even just getting that, taking that one step a day. I know that as a busy mom, you know, one little step can actually lead to a great transformation. Um, maybe you could also touch about, you know, with my background in mental health, our mind, you know, maybe what can we do to really help um, self-care of our, of our minds and some inspiration there? The prevalence of mental illness in our, in our country is on the rise. So data from 2017 tells us that 17.3 million adults in the U.S. have had at least one major depressive episode. And the higher risk people are adult females and people between the ages of 18 and 25. So the first thing is to know if you're at risk just in that demographic. I, I am sure the 2020 data when it's released is going to be staggering. What I will say is that Eastern yoga or Eastern meditation and yoga are being touted as a panacea for all of the emotional issues in our culture. And I find this extremely troubling. So I would not fall into this trap. Um, years ago, I remember wondering what was wrong with me because I couldn't meditate and yoga out of all of my emotional issues and my burnout. And it put me in dangerous spiritual territory. Um, so I would encourage people to really evaluate the interventions that you are doing to care for your mind and your body and your spirit and really hold them up to our faith and see if they line up. Um, Satan sees you doing prayer practices of pagan religions, but he doesn't know your intention and he cannot read your mind. So why wouldn't he assume that your soul is fair game? So part of my healing process was to focus on the spiritual and to clean house spiritually. But the other part of it is getting help when you need it. So sometimes you may think you have one thing, but not, but you have something else like post-traumatic stress disorder that is hiding as angry outbursts and irritability. Maybe there's an underlying chemical or hormonal or medical issue going on. So the first step is reaching out and don't ignore your problem. Um, one of the important things is to ask around in your circles so that you can find a faithful Catholic therapist who's not going to make suggestions that go against your belief system. So maybe you don't need to engage with the mental health system. Maybe it's just a little bit more focused self-care of your mind. Um, I talk to patients all the time, and they feel overwhelmed, and then they can't sleep. They're obsessing over unfinished business. And the first thing I tell everyone to do is to write it down and get it out of their head. Once it's on paper, you free up your mind to think about other things and, and deal with the important things in life. And then you can go back to it when you're ready or you've had a full night's sleep. It's amazing like how the perspective changes once you take care of the physical. Absolutely. And I love how you talked, you know, about, you know, spiritual care, how that plays into both our physical and our mental health. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, our, our spiritual care of ourselves and how that, you know, plays into everything else. Sure. So I have a few things that keep my spirit grounded, and it has come from the school of hard knocks of walking through burnout and 
nearly destroying my spirit with unhealthy practices. So here are my go-tos. Daily prayer no matter what. And for me, this is a daily rosary and chaplet of divine mercy. Reading the Word of God as much as possible. Weekly Eucharist. So I'm so glad churches are back open and, and we can partake in the Eucharist again. If you haven't gone back to church, this is something that really I would encourage everyone to do. Um, reconciliation and adoration as often as you can possibly go. The underlying premise here is that a dirty soul attracts more dirt, and the combination of all these things plus reconciliation is your soul's scotch guard. So I can't overemphasize the healing power of confession. Um, I had profound burnout, and it had a a lot to do with the fact that I was practicing medicine in a way that was incongruent with our faith, and then I was practicing my faith very casually, so I wasn't really Catholic, even though I said I was. I recognized this, and I struggled with it for about a year before I acted. And I will tell you, back in 2013, I returned to reconciliation after about 17 years. That poor priest. <laughs> Did he get a lot of M&Ms? Did you see that commercial on the Super Bowl? No. no. <laughs> you have to check it out. Check out the M&M Super Bowl commercial. He gave the priest, uh, it was, you got M&Ms for everything you were sorry for, so the... It's a great, it was a great uh, parody for our... Uh, oh, I think I would have walked out with a whole case of M&M's after that one. It was, um, I'm surprised he didn't yell at me, but he rejoiced with me, which was wonderful. Um, and that set the stage for me healing my spirit, which then healed my mind. Um, and so one of the things to remember is it's a process. And salvation is not a one and done, especially when the roots of sin are deep. So eventually, I was able to set some major boundaries in my career, and that helped the Holy Spirit propel me forward on a clear path. But it's a process. Well, you sure have given us a lot to think about and to pray about, you know, taking those baby steps, remembering it's a process to be gentle. I love to hear that you were in a place of burnout, and then you, you but yet when I read your bio, right, it's it's very inspiring because the Lord can take us from those dark places, and He will. He will pull us up, and He will help us to receive that healing. Um, Dr. Ann, could you share with our listeners, you know, how they could find you online and learn a little bit more about what you're doing or even message you and ask for some questions? Sure. So the easiest way to find me is going to be on the Doxology Health Facebook page. And we are also getting a website up and running, doxologyhealth.com. Let me spell that for you. D-O-X-O-L-O-G-Y. And then we're also sponsoring during Lent, the Whole 40 Lenten Challenge. Um, So this is already in progress, but um, this is a group Whole 30 program, and we have daily prayer intentions and community support, and then weekly faith formation by Father Nathan Cromley. Um, And so if this goes well, this is going to be a perennial challenge, and so you'll be able to sign up year after year. So search Facebook for the group Whole 40 Lenten Challenge, and it's not too late to sign up there. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, that is beautiful. And if people want to come see you in the spring when you open up, um, do this, just check out your website. And can they become patients if they want to travel from Columbus or anywhere in Ohio? Yes, yes. Um, and so there is also a blog attached to our website. Um, so you'll be able to sign up for updates that way as well. So if, if it's too far to travel from Columbus, you can always just follow us and see what we're up to. Absolutely. Well, thank you. That's such a beautiful ministry that you have in women 
certainly need that Catholic care in their health care and, and someone to guide them along the way. So we will be praying for you as you open up this beautiful new practice. And please, you know, keep it keep in touch with us at the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference and, and share that information with us. And thanks again for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. God bless. Well, next we are going to transition to our favorite part of the show. We call it the Sisterhood of Saints. And today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite saints, St. Catherine of Siena. So what do you think about St. Catherine, Emily? She is a firecracker, and you know that we love firecrackers around here. (laughs) The fact that she, I love that she was the 24th of 25 children, because as a mom of seven, I can't imagine 25 children and one being an amazing transformative leader saint heal you know part of her her ministry was was she touched so many facets of society oh absolutely and she's a patron saint of nurses so i have a special devotion to her but not only was she that she's a mystic and a doctor of the church so emily and i we love these you know not only are they super saints but they are doctors of the church so they have really done amazing work for our church in their writing as well as their their actions and you know her story is just beautiful i mean she knew as early as age of six that um she wanted to be the bride of christ and she became a third order dominican and when she um in that role she ministered to the sick during the plague she worked as a peacemaker in italy and even advised pope gregory the sixth and pope Ermid. So that's pretty awesome. And I think my favorite St. Catherine of Siena story is um, she loved to give to the poor, even despite, you know, her family um, did not want her to to do some of these things. And one time they opened a cask of wine and she began to share it freely. And this cask flowed and flowed and flowed for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was supposed to only last for two weeks. And when the servants of the house realized this was happening, they cut open the cask. And they realized it was totally bone dry, like it had not been used for months. So this was truly a miraculous um, event in her lifetime. And I love hearing those, those stories of just great faith when you're generous with God, what he can do for you. You know what? So inspiring. I just loved this episode because we touched on so many different aspects in that she shared her you know, gift of service and help, but then also prayer and consolation of, of writing. So what St. Catherine um, has contributed is, is really profound. And I, I like that, you know, as we transition to this, you know, final piece, we sure love the practical, don't we? Because we've gotten a lot of information and I think breaking it down and, and focusing on, you know, what is the practical with, with self-care? What is something that we can do with, um, you know, growing closer? So I, my step away or my takeaway is just do one thing every day. You know, imagine if that self-care is one task and being consistent. And I think that um, Dr. Ann did a great job sharing that. Yeah, start small. You know, make that appointment for that uh, doctor's visit that you haven't done in five or 10 years. See, you know, make that mammogram appointment. Uh, make, put a, on your schedule to go to confession. Take time out, put, con, put time on your calendar for daily prayer. Pick one thing, one thing, and you're more, much more likely to stick with it. I know I've heard um, Dr. Ann share actually in a previous um, talk about doing micro things. So start even teeny, teeny, tiny, like tomorrow I'm going to take a five-minute walk, right? You don't have to start super big and then grow on that, build on that. And that's a huge way to start looking at your self-care. Well, I, I can't 
say enough about how important that is. And even just looking at it, like I liked thinking about it's easy to kind of ignore things and think that they're, you know, like my eye doctor, you know, since 2011. But the truth is, is that it's not as scary as we might make it out to be in our mind. So she really did a great job with with breaking that down and making us see that. So it's it's definitely inspiring to me. So I think I'm not the next takeaway is just don't be intimidated by what needs to be done. And have an accountability partner or a friend that you can check in with that's going to help encourage you. Because I know if I know that you're, you know, you told me like, gosh, I'm kind of worried about my blood pressure. I'm worried about, you know, this or that or the other, that if I follow up with you, that you're much more likely to do something about it. So have a friend help you out to say, hey, I really want to work on this. You know, will you, you know, bounce ideas back off of me and check in with me every day. And it's really um, helping you to stay focused. And when you have that accountability, you're much more likely to do it. Well, I also think that we didn't, we talked around this topic, but I think it's really important, you know, um, the impact of stress, right? Stress is something in which we need to find ways to healthily relieve it. And I think that Dr. Ann touched on that greatly, but prayer is a wonderful way, Christian prayer, praying the rosary, praying the divine mercy chaplet, meditating where we fill ourselves up with the Lord is a beautiful way to deal with the many stresses that are coming at us in all areas of our life. Yeah, and prayer journal. Write it all out and give it to the Lord. Like Dr. Ann said, you just write it all out. Pour it, pour out your heart to the Lord. And then, you know, you'll wake up fresh the next morning and be like, wow, that, that was so bothersome to me last night, but it's okay right now. You know, like things are so much better and I've given it to Jesus. So take that opportunity to give it all to the Lord. One thing I do, Michelle, is I have a little notepad next to my bed. So if I wake up and I do start to have those thoughts, I just write them down. And it does really help me to be like, okay, in the morning, I'll schedule that appointment. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we're going to have a short prayer here. This is a prayer by St. Catherine of Siena that we um, found. It's really beautiful. It's called Love Undefiled. So let's pray together. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal God, eternal Trinity, you have made the blood of Christ so precious through his sharing in your divine nature. You are a mystery as deep as the sea. The much I search, the more I search, the more I find, the more I find, the more I search for you. But I can never be satisfied. What I receive will ever leave me desiring more. When you fill my soul, I have an ever greater hunger. I grow more famished for your light. I desire above all to see you, the true light, as you truly are. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. We thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to find more about the Women's Conference, please visit us at columbuscatholicwomen.com and inspirethefaith.com. May God bless you today and always.